Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing so. Her home, of course, is Radio MD. The bees are always wonderful guests. Our guests are the authors, together of inspirational stories after an alarming medical diagnosis, with the book called Diagnosed, D-I-A-G-N-O-S-E-D, Diagnosed, and the website is diagnosedbook.com. Our sponsors, as usual, are longevityplaybook.com and lifesfirstnaturals.com. The latter is the manufacturer and producer of both bovine colostrum and true biotics, two things you'll want to consider, and you can see the randomized double-blind controlled trials on their website. But more than that, this book talks a lot about hope and its role in, if you will, the cure or help for patients with problems with serious diagnosis. And in fact, I believe Mark had a serious diagnosis, and that led to, I guess, the story of this book, Diagnosed. So, Mark, I don't want to go to your story, but I want you to, one of the key things that I learned in medical school, we had a professor of surgery named Dumphy who wrote one of the classic textbooks. He's long, that was, he was 60 plus in 1971. So you can tell he's, he's not with us anymore. But he said one of the keys in all cases of treatment of any disease, whether it was a hernia or cancer, was to give the patient hope. Because that hope and that faith in the treatment were so key in getting success. So I guess I know what motivated you, but why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what motivated you to write the book, and then I'd like to go through a couple of the cases, and I guess you'd call it inspirational stories rather than cases, the way us crazy doctors would call them. We crib the line from you. We call them cases, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. After a bad cough and then a diagnosis in the ER, that I had lung cancer last November 3rd. It wasn't that long ago. I started journaling the next day, but not before we did this, right? Right, <laughs> right. I had taken Mark into urgent care because of his cough, and the urgent care doctor rushed him in an ambulance across the parking lot to the hospital. And after five hours, and the doctor gave us that horrible diagnosis and walked out of the room after giving us a list of oncologists to call, We just held each other, shed a tear, and gave it to God and said, this is too heavy for us. We can't handle this. And that's where our hope came from through our journey. And then I started journaling every morning, my thoughts of the day. And when you're diagnosed with something like that, that's all you think about. And I really believe it doesn't matter about your faith, how strong it is or how weak it is. That's still all you think about every morning when you wake up at lunch, when you go to bed at night. So journaling helped. Yes, and I think journaling is part of it, but it helped stress a great deal. 
But one of the other things that is remarkable, I think, in medicine in general is now some of the miraculous, what we call cures from immunotherapy, which I assume is what happened in your case. Are you still, are you getting immunotherapy? Do you know? Are you? No, I'm not. In fact, 40 days after I was diagnosed, the biopsy came back that I did not have cancer at all. It made for a great Christmas last year, doctor. <laughs> yes, but a lot of actually the, the miracles are now coming true. I make a real attempt to read at least half of every book for the people I interview, and I didn't get to your story. As I figured that when I read Nancy's story on lung cancer, it might be similar. Nancy's story is, I guess you'd say, is story 10, case 10. I have a patient who is very similar, I would say, in a miracle, because if he had been 10 years ago or even six years ago, he'd be dead now. He had a cough, too, after, and it just persisted. And in February, he has a lot of faith and was journaling. He literally journaled me every day through uh, text messages. But in any case, he had a huge mass, not a ping pong ball, but an orange size in his lung that had spread to lung, bone marrow, and liver. He got two immunotherapies, which he will be on the rest of his life, and uh, the x-ray shows 80% resolution, and our guess is that by the next three months, it'll be 100%. Jim Allison was responsible for some of that, so keeping believing, I just so you know how Jim Allison believed, he went against what is called the FDA safety committee rules because he believed so strongly in immunotherapy. One-year results on metastatic malignant melanoma, 13.1% survival in the traditional group, 12.7% in his immunotherapy plus traditional. He was told, stop, it's never going to work. He said, I got enough money in the company to do it for three years. At three years, survival rate was, I think, 9.7% in the immunotherapy plus chemotherapy, 3.1%. That was the birth of immunotherapy in 2001. And now there are two major, what we call checkpoint inhibitors. If you want to see a great story on this, he has a band now. He's head of immunotherapy at MD Anderson now. He was at UC San Francisco then. But the uh, band is called the Checkpoints. <laughs> but you've got a whole, bu- you have a whole bunch of wonderful stories in here, and I don't know if if I can pick out one, but one of them I uh, liked was Pam DES and cervical cancer. Tell us about that. That's number thirteen. Pam's a girl we worked with, and she talked about the surgical cancer when she was young. She had issues. And her mom didn't tell me some of the issues that she had. And from what I understand, doctor, you know this much better than I do, there was something called DES. So she was a child with DES, or her mom had it? Yeah, DES was a drug given way early, and it was a guy named Arthur Herbst at Mass General who discovered the association of DES administration to prevent miscarriage and the development of cancer in the offspring. So tell us what happened to her. Well, she kept having miscarriages. 
She was in her 20s, and she kept wanting to have a baby. And she'd have miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage, and she couldn't figure out why. And if she talked to her mom, no, you know what, I take it back. She stumbled across an article. Yeah, she, she read an article like in Time Magazine when she was 40. And she says, this is my problem. This is why I couldn't conceive. And it went back to, and I don't know that her mom was that aware that this could happen to her with her taking the DES, but it did. And she said, she's fine now. She's in her 60s, and she's just so happy that she found the article quite by accident. And it's changed today. Her life's changed today because of that. So in Pam's case, knowing what happened to her gave her peace of mind. Is that my understanding from that story? Exactly. She just couldn't figure it out, doctor. Right. And then when she actually did get cervical cancer, she was able to logically tie that back into the the drugs that her mom had taken to prevent a miscarriage. So understanding is really important. One of the things that we learned from Pam too was how important it is to trust your caregiver, your doctor, because she was not getting the answer she was seeking with the doctor she was seeing. And she took control and found a doctor who did communicate with her in a level that she could understand. And they formed a great partnership, which is so key to managing one's health care. We heard that same story time and time again. If you have a doctor that you're not careful with, or you don't care for, I should say, right now, find one that you do. In Vicki's story, she talked about how the doctor came in. She didn't feel comfortable. She went back to her primary care physician and said, is there somebody else? He recommended somebody else, loved him. He performed the lumpectomy. Ten years later, her mother also got cancer, breast cancer, and she referred her mother to the doctor. So we saw that throughout this, how important that is. And if you can say, so one of the lessons from the book, and the book is called Diagnosed, and you can find out more on the website at diagnosedbook.com. And we're talking to Mark and Mary K. Liston, L-I-S-T-O-N. Um, and these are inspiratory, inspirational stories after an alarming medical diagnosis. So one of the take-homes, I would say, from your own story is that peace of mind and journaling is important. And having confidence or faith and hope in your physician and what they're doing is very important. That's right. If we can give people one more take-home, what would it be from the book? I think that there are lots of keys to the folks who are taking care of somebody who's ill about how to speak to them and how to really love on them and, and help them. For instance, Asking the patient to say, hey, let me know if I can do anything for you is putting an undue burden on the patient because now it's up to them to try to discern to what level are you willing to help me. It's much more effective to say, I'd love to bring a meal next week. What day works best for you? Or please let me take you to your treatment. Or I'm going to the grocery store. What can I pick up for you? One of the great books that I have read in the past that emphasizes that is called Share the Care, 
that last point, Mary. Share the Care is a book of people organizing care around you to help you get the care. So I, I can't remember who wrote the book, Share the Care, but I know that my wife gives it to uh, almost every person who has a serious diagnosis. So this is another book that should go with people with a serious diagnosis to let them know about hope, faith, and having the confidence in your caregiver and hope for that. We, of course, are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, the makers of Trubiotics and Bovine Colostrum, two things you might want to consider taking to help you with your own longevity and preventing bloating and other problems associated with a active exercise program and longevity playbook longevityplaybook.com our site which talks about all of the 180 choices you have to help you live younger longer this website is diagnosed book Com. Mark and Mary Kay Liston are our guests. They are the authors of these inspirational stories. And the key points in here that anyone with a serious disease can gain. And I think they're wonderful stories. Thank you for writing it. And we'll be back next week. This has been 1173B. The bees, always wonderful guests like Mark and Mary Kay Liston. The A's, the latest medical news of the week. And you'll want to read or listen to the story about David Sinclair's group at Harvard-MIT, combination with Moscow State University, reversing aging in skin cells by turning on the what we call the switches or epigenes that control which of your genes are on or not. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.